Check one, two. Check one, two, one, two. Good. You ready? This is all. Hey, it's Cassidy Pope, Gabby Barrett. It's Darius Rucker. Country. Hey, y'all, this is Luke Bryan. We're Runaway June. Scotty McCreary. Hey, it's Russell Dickerson here. News. New music from Lauren Elena, and of course, I'll be breaking down the CMA Fest for you. I'm Rebecca Porter, and here's everything you need to know in country music for the week of June 12th, 2023. We're bringing you the hottest news and the newest music in country music every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And now it's time to dive into the hottest news in country this week. So we have to kick things off with the biggest story of the day, and that is CMA Fest celebrating 50 years. Some of the ACN crew was lucky enough to attend, and I'm going to break down all the best moments for you. First up, we have Lainey Wilson kicking off the festival at the Riverfront Stage. We have footage of this up on our socials now, and you are not going to want to miss out on it. This lady is so sought after that people were lining up as early as 7 a.m. to see her, and we are not surprised at all. She has been absolutely crushing it with her new album, Bell Bottom Country, and it feels like everywhere I turn, she has some new collab with another artist, so amazing to see her doing so well. Again, make sure you head to our socials to check out the footage. Luke Combs kicked off the weekend Thursday night at Nissan Stadium. He performed so many of his hits, including his cover of Fast Car. But the most exciting part of his performance was when he brought out his hero, Vince Gill. If you don't know who Vince is, honestly, I think you've been living under a rock, but it's okay because it's never too late to discover a legend. Make sure you check him out, including this incredible performance. Next up on the list, we have Bailey Zimmerman. He had fans jumping the fences at the Riverfront stage to see his set. This guy, his name has been absolutely everywhere, so I am not surprised about this at all. Jake Worthington brought the Tonk to the Chevy Vibes stage. He really took it full classic country, and we have footage from that up on our socials. It is so incredible. Reba joined Cody Johnson for a surprise performance of Whoever's in New England. And this was beyond legendary. This is one of the greatest parts about CMA Fest. There are so many collabs and so many surprises. Speaking of surprise performances, this next one was a highlight for me. Miranda Lambert surprised the CMA Fest crowd at Nissan Stadium with an appearance by Avril Lavigne for Kerosene and Skater Boy. Now, I could never have predicted this collab, but now that I've seen it, I absolutely cannot live without it. 
Lauren Elena and Lainey Wilson performed their brand new duet, Thick as Thieves, for the first time. And it does not surprise me that these two go so well together at all. They're both powerhouse performers. And it seems like they're really great friends. Country newcomer who is taking the country music world by storm, Megan Maroney, sang her hit song Tennessee Orange to a packed crowd on the Chevy Riverfront stage. It's really incredible to see all of these new up-and-coming artists. You know, maybe you've seen them all over the place, but they're performing at CMA Fest for the very first time, and the crowds are just unbelievable. It just goes to show how incredible the talent is that's coming up, and Megan is definitely one to watch out for. I've said this on previous episodes, but to me, she is probably going to be Carrie Underwood legend status one. Performances weren't the only exciting things happening at CMA Fest, though. The Country Music Association presented legendary country music band Alabama with the CMA Pinnacle Award. This award recognizes an artist or a group who has undeniably redefined the pinnacle of success in the genre by achieving prominence through concert performances, consumption numbers, record sales, and or other significant industry achievements at levels unique for country music. This award is to no surprise to anyone, I would think. I mean, Alabama is pretty legendary and so well-known all over the world. So us here at ACN are sending them a huge congratulations. Last but certainly never least, we have Jelly Roll. He got super emotional during his surprise Nissan Stadium performance, and it was so special to see. He said on stage, I used to sit in the 300 level and watch. I also used to be at the correctional facility across the street, and now I'm here. Such an incredible and moving moment. You can check out all these fantastic moments up on our socials or allcountrynews.com now. Thomas Rhett is celebrating his 20 number one singles in the span of 10 years through a vinyl, which will feature all of those number one tracks. And I think this is such an incredible idea. I also think it's amazing that this has happened in a 10 year span for him, especially since there is that old saying of Nashville being a 10 year town. So I think that makes this even more incredible and more special to see. You know, he has had so many hits. If you look at the track list for this, you will just not believe it. You'll be like, oh, I know that one. And by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, I know all of these. Such an incredible way to, you know, say thank you to fans, I think, doing something like this. It's a really cool cover as well. And he says he's heading into his dad era. You know, he and his wife have four beautiful girls. And I love watching them on social media. I think they're such a special family. And he seems like such a great guy. So it's no surprise to me at all that this is happening for him. And we all know he will have a ton more number ones on the way. Miranda Lambert covered Morgan Wallen in more ways than one at Gulf Coast Jam. Not only did she take his place since he had to bow out for vocal rest, but she also covered his very, very 
popular song, Thought You Should Know, and she absolutely smashed it because she's Miranda Lambert, duh. But you can check out footage from that now up on allcountrynews.com. Speaking of Morgan Wallen, he was finally given the okay to return to the stage by his doctors. So, all of his fans out there, it is time to rejoice. He will be hitting the stage very soon. Just like the rest of us, Carly Pierce is absolutely geeking out over the fact that she got to work with Chris Stapleton on her new track, We Don't Fight Anymore. I know I'm excited to hear that. I mean, I would listen to him on anything. So I am so excited about this track, and it'll be out everywhere this Friday. So make sure you go ahead and pre-add that now. George Strait is on tour, and he is kicking off summer with record-setting shows. He brought a record-setting 46,000 attendees to Milwaukee's American Family Field. And, as if that wasn't already incredible enough, this was on the heels of last weekend's record-setting 63,000 attendees show at Columbus, Ohio Stadium for Buckeye Country Superfest. It's no surprise to me that this is happening because he's always a legend, so he will be hitting those types of records till he retires. I have a couple exciting show announcements for you. First up, we just learned that Zach Bryan will be headlining San Diego's Wild Horses this December. The show will happen at San Diego's Petco Park Stadium. Tickets are already on sale, so if you want to attend, make sure you jump on them ASAP. This next story announcement is for all my Canadians or for my friends who would love to visit Canada. Cooper Allen announced his first ever Canadian tour. He'll be performing in six cities on the country's west coast, including Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Vancouver, starting on October 25th. And now it's time to dive into the hottest releases in country music this week. The hottest. The hottest. Have to kick things off with Lauren Elena, who released her new EP, Unlocked. This is probably one of her most personal sets of work yet. There are only six tracks, but they're all really great. Obviously, she's a vocal powerhouse. I already spoke earlier about her new track with Lainey Wilson, Thick as Thieves. That one is super fun. That's for all my girlfriends out there. But I also love Don't Judge a Woman and A Walk in the Bar. Idaho native and country music artist Colby Alcuff released his brand new album, Western White Pines. And this one is for all my true country lovers. That old style country that we all know and love. It is very traditional and very fantastic. You know I'm a sucker for a title track, so I love that one. But honestly, all 10 tracks are fantastic. And another special one to check out is Welcome to Tom's and Rollin' with the Wind. Chase Matthews released his new album, Come Get Your Money. And this really surprised me. There are 25 tracks on this album. So there is so much for you to listen to. So many amazing songs to get to know him. And to be honest with you, there's almost too many for me to pinpoint a few. But 
I really love Fine By Me, Good Day for Heartbreak and Moonlight, but all of them are so fun. Make sure you check it out. This next artist I am such a huge fan of. Her name is Brooke Eden, and she just released her EP, Outlaw Love. It is top to bottom perfection, so I literally refuse to pick a favorite track. This is me telling you it's your must listen for the week, and if you haven't heard her music before, make sure you check out the rest of her catalog. She is incredible and an artist that you definitely need to watch out for. This next release I've been absolutely geeking out over. Kimberly Perry released her first solo album called Bloom, and it is absolute perfection. I mean, we all know her from the band Perry and how incredible they were, and it's really fun to see her going out on her own and absolutely just hitting it out of the park. It's really not surprising to me, though, because vocally she's always been so strong and I just love everything about this album. I love all the songs. I love the look and all the visuals that she produced for it. It's so fun. It's going to be such a great era. And I can't wait to see what she does with it. Cameron Marlowe released his new track, I Can't Lie, The Truth Is. And it's a song all about toxic love and lying. But it's a really fun one. And to me, it is very like early 2000s kind of country and I am absolutely here for it. One of my favorite artists named Parker Gray, she is such an incredible human being and artist. She just released her new song, Summer Rain, and she prides herself on being in the sad girl country genre. And I can see why, because she is so good at it. This song will have you totally in your feels and might even need a Kleenex for it. So, so good. Make sure you check out the rest of her catalog too. Another incredible up and coming artist to watch out for. And last but not least, Gabby Barrett released her new song, Glory Days, which is a really fun track about how she feels like at her life in this moment, the days she's having, those are the glory days. Those are the ones she's gonna look back on. It's a really fun look into what this new era is going to be for her. Make sure you check it out. You can listen to all the music out this month on our All Country News Spotify playlist. And make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter where you can get a list of these all first. We have a very special guest for this week's episode. I spoke about him a little bit earlier, but his name is Cody Akuf. And he is absolutely spectacular. He sat down with our very own Backstage Bobby to discuss all things music. You can listen to that here now. Oh my gosh. So let's chat a little bit more about your upbringing. Growing up in Idaho, what what is happening out there? As somebody that grew up in Chicago where it, everything is always happening, talk to me about growing up in Idaho. Oh, I mean, growing up in Idaho, I mean, it's, it's just a place, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm actually from a bigger town in Idaho. You know, I mean, Boise is obviously the biggest, and that's in the southern part. I'm from a, a town called Coeur d'Alene, uh, which is the biggest town in northern Idaho. And we're like two hours south of the Canadian border, kind of at the base of the Rockies. 
Um, but I grew up doing a ton of hunting and fishing, being outside. Um, you know, obviously I learned to play guitar and stuff. So I spent a lot of time in music as well, but I also, you know, played sports as a kid and, um, you know, I mean, I I'd say that I probably the biggest difference from someone from Chicago might be that I grew up outdoors a ton in like the real, because 15% of the state of Idaho, I believe is just national forest. So like the majority of the state, especially up here is a whole lot of no people. Oh my gosh. That's kind of fun though. So how does, you mean, when I think of somebody that maybe is trying to do music, they're growing up in the South or whatever, I feel like you do a lot of playing at bars or at like Mexican restaurants, like somebody that wants to get their start in Idaho, were you finding yourselves trying to get in similar doors or where does one kind of try to get their start in Idaho? Well, I mean, yeah, we played a ton of bars. Yeah. I mean, I, I started playing bars when I was probably 12 or 13. <laughs> Yeah, you get away with a little bit more in Idaho, especially back when I was growing up. Uh, Idaho's gotten a lot bigger since I was a kid, too, um, especially with like Yellowstone and all the other things that have kind of shown a light on the West. Um, <clears throat> but that being said, yeah, I mean, we played every single honky tonk bar picnic, you know, whatever we could possibly play. Um, and then kind of as it got more serious, you know, we were still looking for venues and um, you know, I'm not going to say that we like kind of, we didn't really make venues, but there was definitely venues that were maybe a little smaller at the time that we were like, Hey, listen, like, well, you know, this is, I think we should do this, this, and this. And we kind of grew with them as things kept growing and they ended up being like staples for us to play at. Um, so you just got to make things work, you know? I love it. I feel like that's been your attitude since I, first time I met you, you were a hustler then you're a hustler now, but I learned something new about you. I didn't know that you were completely self-taught with instruments. Is that correct? That is not correct. Oh, it's I, not correct. Okay. No, I, well, I only had like, I mean, I maybe took, I didn't take very many guitar lessons. Okay. But I took piano for like, from the time I was five until I was 10. And then I didn't like piano anymore. So I wanted to play drums. It was like my rebellious phase. <laughs> and so I played, uh, I started taking lessons for drums as well, played drums. And I started, that's when I had my very first band when I was playing drums. I was a lead singer drummer um, from like 12 to 14. And then around 12, I started learning guitar and then kind of ended up moving up to the front man position. I love that. Well, you're kind of self-taught, so we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm not going to say that I was like some, like, oh, look, I just picked it up. Yeah, prodigy by any means. But, but I'm also I, like, I'm not any crazy guitar player either. You know what I mean? I just write songs. That's my thing. I love it. So I dug up this picture of you that I think still lives on realtor.com. You mm. have no beard. And so talk to me about kind of that path of being in the finance world, being a realtor, and was it clearly just not fulfilling for you? I mean, that's such a fast paced kind of nose to the grindstone kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think what people forget, you know, I came out of college and my very first job offer was to go work for Merrill Lynch and I was already selling real estate at the time and I, my degree was in economics um, and I've always really enjoyed business. I mean, I've, I've always been, I've worked 
ever since I was 12, I've had multiple jobs. The very first time I didn't have four jobs happening at the same time was when I was 25. Is when I decided to go music full time. Um, so I've always worked really hard and I feel like I've always, always had a pretty decent handle on business. And both my parents were in real estate forever. Um, still are. Um, so I got into real estate cause I figured, you know, why not? Like it, it kind of makes sense. Like it's a, you know, it's the way to do it. Um, and the bridge between music and getting out of white collar for me was I turned down the job to be a stockbroker and I took a job to be a fly fishing guide. And if I wouldn't have gone into guiding full time, like taking that risk and not caring what people think about that decision, then I don't know if I would have fully like been, you know, comfortable sending it into music full time. But kind of what it taught me was like, you just should do what you want to do and stick to the things that you know that you're good at and work extremely hard at that. Cause like when I was guiding, like I, the job was extremely fulfilling, but it didn't, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't a cash cow. It wasn't anything crazy. And I worked insane hours um but i loved it and then same thing with music like with music i have no problem working as much as i do because i love what i do so i always say i retired at 25 and i just get to do this the rest of my life i love that i love that you went i i love the kind of story from very white collar to blue collar and i think that really comes across in the new album western white pines which i'm of obsessed with so what stories are you aiming to tell to your fans with your debut album well I think there's you know starting I'm gonna say I start I mean I didn't get like some people start when they're really young as far as like when they kind of you know get their feet wet and I still would say like when I was 22 when we put out the first record even when I was 23 and put out if I were the devil like I was still so immature and like, I've always been, um, every record has very well represented like who I am at that point in time. And we've put out a record every year. So it's like this perfect little, you know, piece of archeology span of like who I was at that time. And I think from 22 to I'm 26 now. So 22 to 25, there was so much confusion on, you know, what did I want to do? Who do I want to be? What does this want to look like? You know, I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be as a man. And I think every year you can hear, I, I truly thought I knew what I wanted. And I, you know, I mean, you believe it when you're in the moment for sure. Um, and there's, I don't regret anything that I've done, obviously, or said, that's not the point of what I'm saying. I just think this record is this whole like completion of what I truly landed on. It's like the, the retrospective of me being like, oh, Okay, so this is what it is. You know, there, it's uh, it's about where I'm from, who I ended up being, um, and all the things that are totally okay with past, present, future, whatever. Like, it's just, you know, there's a... I don't know if I'll ever do another piece of, like, a project that is so personal to me. It's hard to not attach yourself to records, and I feel like I do a good job of not doing that. But this record, very specifically, I'm like extremely attached to. I love it. Um, can we talk about writing with Lucas Nelson? I'm like floored. Yeah, I think I would have. I don't think I would have said anything. I think I just would have sat there and like 
been in awe. So talk to me about how you guys met. And then, I mean, he wrote, helped you write that title track. So kind of walk me through that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't know Lucas was going to be there. So I, <clears throat> I was supposed to write with a good buddy of mine, Aaron Raytier. Yep. Um, and you know, I mean, Aaron was also on the track, obviously we've written multiple songs together. And so I, uh, Aaron calls me, we're supposed to be writing at Warner Chapel in Nashville. And he calls me, he's like, Hey, just come over to my house. I don't want to go to the, the big corporate office today. I was like, all right. So I go to his house. I step in. He's like, Hey man, is it cool if my buddy Lucas joins? I was like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Like we're going to ride on the back patio today. It's whatever. He's like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, it's like Lucas Nelson. And I was like, Oh really? Okay. And I was like, yeah, of course. And uh, I mean, I'll tell you this though, Lucas came out and you know, he, he just said, Hey man, I'm Lucas. Like let's sit down and instant good buddies i mean he is so down to earth and such an awesome dude and he actually i mean we were talking about we didn't because we were a week away from recording the record and we kind of just wanted like one more song that was like really going to tie it all together so you know we had have we had 30 songs we didn't have the title track yet we like had what we thought was going to be the title track and all this stuff you know how we thought we were going to work it out and um like i don't know i was really missing home and then i had this realization that when I moved back or when I went back home this one time, that was the last time I was going to be back home before I moved to Nashville. So I was like, my kind of my last time of like going back home to be a resident of Idaho. And, you know, so he's like, Oh, let's make it about where you're from. And then he just like, you know, Googled it like Idaho stuff. And he's like, Oh, Western white pines is a state tree. And I was like, yeah, um, cool. And we just kind of fell on this melody and, we wrote the song and it was truly an, yeah. I mean, as soon as we got it done, I was obsessed with it. Lucas was obsessed with it. Aaron was obsessed with it. It is a really good song. Yeah. I love it. What a fun little like country music magic moment. And I feel like there's so many little magic moments in this whole project, but I noticed a lot of these are solo rights for you. Do you mm -hmm. find a lot of solace in writing your own story by yourself instead of having maybe a little bit of outside input that you might have to like, work with when maybe you don't want to yeah I mean I think my biggest thing is like I mean I'm like I said I'm a songwriter you know and I love writing songs with other people just as much as I enjoy writing them by myself but I, what I despise whether it is from myself or from a, a co-write is I will I hate when a song is being forced into being a song and so when it gets to that point I will just pretty much refuse because it's I spend my entire life coming up with words, phrases, melodies. It's like all I think about. And you become just so observant about everything because you're just trying to absorb everything so that you can then maybe put it down. And if I come up with a really good line or if I have a really good story or if I have something and I just burn it on some song that because we just scheduled a write at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday, like, I'm just not going to do that. And some days it's just not going to work. And some days you just have nothing to say. And when days you have nothing to say, it's way better to go out and go look at life than it is to look at a pen and pad. I mean, that's how you get songs. So, um, and I'm also a quick writer. So like, okay. I was on a plane the other day. I wrote three songs on the airplane, just in my phone. And it just like, if, I'm going to 
put it down. And, and then sometimes, actually, this is a good example. So for like Boy and a Bird Dog, that song was about a dog that I had named Molly. And she passed away a couple years ago. And I come up, I had the title Boy and a Bird Dog forever, but I didn't know how to write it. Like I, I couldn't make it sad. I didn't want to make it sad because then I couldn't sing it. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to force the song. I was too close to the title. And so I brought it to Ben Chapman and Meg McCree. And that's when we wrote Boy and a Bird Dog. So those are situations where I love having co-writes, you know? So it's it's kind of a, it's a, I like them both, but they are very separated in my mind. I love it. I feel like writing with Ben and Meg is like a whole song in itself. Like you could just write a song about those two. They're two of my all-time favorite people. So I love that they are on this record with you. But where do you feel like out of all the tracks, you mentioned that they're all deeply personal, that you love writing by yourself you mean you love a co-write but you love writing by yourself yeah. too which song do you think off the the new project best represents where you're at right now um i think this song it's the last track on the record it's called rolling with the wind um and the reason why that song i think represents where i'm at so well right now is because i wrote it two years ago I wrote it was originally written for if I were the devil really and we didn't we didn't put it on and I've just kept it around and every year I bring it back up and like the you know I put it back up in the in the chamber and I'm like hey what do we think and you know <laughs> it's just it obviously it did not feel right for Honky Tonk Kevin so we shelved it again and then for this record it was like perfect I mean it was such a standout and it's it came from a point in my life where it was like, I have no idea how this is going to work, but I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And, you know, hopefully future me is at a point where he can appreciate this song. And cutting this record, it was such a full circle moment for me. I mean, in the in the actual track, it's me, my producer, and a guitar player that are cutting this. And we're cutting it in the control room. And all three of us are crying during the cut that we actually took. So if you actually listen closely, you can actually hear my breathing is like really, and like really trying to control it, but it's like super wavery. Um, so it's a really special moment. The song is really important to me. And I definitely think looking back, it's it's the one that I am attached to. I know you went from doing stocks to like chopping wood for social activations. I mean, what a, <laughs> what a turn of events you had, but I'm going to be selfish. My favorite song off the, the new record might be better man. And it's so funny that you bring, um, bring up the fact that, you know what I mean? It's everything seems full circle. Cause you say in this one, if I could send a letter back in time, I'd address it to an eight-year-old boy who looked up at the stars at night. Is that how you feel kind of right now? Um, For sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I feel that way. I feel like, yeah, especially when writing that song, it was all about me just being like, like all these issues and all everything, you know, it's very human, obviously. Like everybody has these massive, you know, whatever vices and things that they do in their lives that, they wish they could change. And every single thing that typically people hold on to, especially as adults, are things that when you were a child, you despised or you hated. And you're in your 
in your naivety, you were told that these are terrible things and you should never do these things. And so you, as a child, you idolize things that are perfect. And then as you get older, you start to idolize things that are completely imperfect and honest and amazing. Like that's kind of the contrast of the song. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the letter, like I had the two verses that were like, oh, look at me. Like, um, I wish I was better than this. And so the third verse definitely, I think, ties it all together in me basically telling, you know, the youth of myself that it's okay. Like this is this is the reality of life and honesty of like addressing the fact that, you know, you're hoping to be that thing that you idolize as a child, but it's, you know, but it's life and things happen. And, you know, obviously, yeah. I mean, the, the last line of that is uh, you're born to run. It's in your blood. I think you'll be fine. I think that's like the, really the key there. I love it. So you've had the opportunity to play out some of these songs and, really kind of gained a whole new fan base, whether it be with Flatland Calvary. I know you were just doing stuff with uh, Whiskey Jam and Luke Combs. So what has surprised you the most about the response uh, to your new songs and just, you know, I mean, you as an artist in general by your fans? Um, Well, I mean, number one, I think the craziest part of this year has just been the fact that, you know, we've had such an isolated touring schedule for so long. And then this year we finally get to like go out and, you know, do the nationwide thing. And what I've realized is that we have such amazing fans. I mean, the fans that have been with us from the beginning are still there and they're in every town that we're playing. In. And it's whether it's a headline day or it's with Flatland or it's whatever, we've had people drive over 10 hours to watch our sets multiple times i mean and i the other thing that we do i mean every night after the show i'm at the merch table i go out every single night i try to meet as many people as i possibly can i mean the fact that they are coming to our shows means i can walk the 100 feet to the merch table if they travel that far i mean that's really what's important to me as well um but definitely the most mind-blowing thing was we went and played it was our it was in February when we were out with 49 Winchester. And we the night before our very first show with 49, we played our very first headlining show in Newport, Kentucky. And I think it was like a hundred cap room. It's a small room. And we sold like 15 tickets. And I just was, I was pretty, I was just like, well, this is gonna be a tough run. Like this run is gonna suck for us. We're gonna have to be like really battling, making new fans. No one's going to know who we are down here. So we're just going to have to you know, bite the bullet. And thank God we're the 49 Winchester. And then the next night we're the 49 at the Loud in Huntington, West Virginia. And it's like 10 minutes before we go on. And I forgot something on stage. I think it was like I forgot to change the batteries, uh, my battery pack for my guitar. And my uh, keys player was like, oh, I'll run out on stage and grab them for you. And I was like, no, nah, dude, I'll go out there. No one knows who I am. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked out on stage not super intelligent i walked out on stage and i'm like getting my batteries and stuff and i look out it's a sold out room so it's just like to the gills as packed as it could possibly be and it's just quiet there's like no house music like people are just like looking at me and then some guy in the back is like ah it's Cole baker and it starts going crazy like crazy crazy um 
And then I walked back in and I was like, okay, I was very wrong. People definitely know who we are. And that we came out on stage and started. And ever since that show, basically, everyone has sang almost every word to every song. It's just been so unbelievable. And the people that we've been out with have also been so great to be with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so excited for you. Um, hopefully we will catch you on tour. We will be one of the 10 hour drivers to come and see you. Um, but thank you so much. It's been so fun watching you just completely explode oh, in a good way. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's good to see you again. I'm bummed we missed you in Chicago, but we'll catch know, you next time. I know. I feel like everything always happens at the same time, but then this gives me an excuse to come and see you somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be sooner than later. So congrats on everything. And thank you for taking the time today. We're really excited for you. Thank you. It's good to see you again. Awesome. Bye. Good to see you. We'll chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Before I sign off, you know there's a few more things we need to address. And first up, that is the All Country News Spotlight Artist of the Week. This week's artist is Tanner Usray. You can follow him on Instagram at Tusray Music. He is an incredible artist. We have a whole write-up about him on allcountrynews.com. He's from Texas, and he re recently released two tracks, which are absolutely incredible. Make sure you check them out. They're called Give It Some Time and Take Me Home. And last, but certainly never least, you know we have to talk about Video of the Week. Video of the Week. This week's video is the Turnpike Troubadours live at Stagecoach. 2023 the full set is up it'll literally knock you to the ground that's how good it is it's definitely your must watch for the week you can check that out up on youtube now that's all the country news i have for you this week visit allcountrynews.com for more news and content from your favorite artists i'm rebecca porter signing off for all country news my name is Rebecca Porter. I run Women of Country Edits and Marin's Girls on Instagram. Both seek to celebrate women in the music industry and all things girl power. Thanks for listening. The All Country News Podcast is produced by Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you loved this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Shout out to our friends Track 45 who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club where you just might get a huge surprise from one of your favorite artists on your birthday. Subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter to get all the news you just heard in this podcast even earlier, delivered straight to your inbox. And check out a new episode every Tuesday right here. All Country News.